Here it is, instant reaction, WWE Money in the Bank 2019. Can I start off by saying the Mets suck? Can I start off by saying that this entire weekend was just rock bottom for this franchise? I mean, it's, it's, it's hilarious when you think about it. They get freaking one hit on Saturday. And then from the first inning on, don't collect another hit until what inning on Sunday? And then they let, they let Alcantara, Alcantara, whoever the hell he is, pitch a complete game shutout without breaking a sweat? I mean, you make Alcantara look like Christy Mathewson? And all the focus is on Robinson Cano not hustling. How about this? How about Robinson Cano hit? I got to tell you, I don't give a damn that he doesn't hustle. I give a damn that he's hitting 245. I give a damn that he's hitting ground balls back to the mound or little tappers in front of home instead of gappers to drive in two or three runs. That's the problem. And they played this weekend like they want the manager fired. I mean, the Mets played as if they were begging Brody and Jeff, the co-GMs of this team, to fire this manager. All right, let me get to the wrestling because this is supposed to be a distraction. Brock Lesnar? <laughs> Brock Lesnar, when you think it's over, when you think, all right, he's not champion anymore, all right, it's a new era in the WWE, that music goes off and Brock Lesnar appears. And the last time this happened was after SummerSlam when Roman Reigns won the Universal Championship. And, you know, whether you liked that it was Roman or you liked how it was done, we figured, well, that's it for Brock. And then he showed up, surprisingly, to close the following pay-per-view, in which I even said, and I guess you can go back in the archives and check it out if you're bored or something, you know, that was a good surprise. Brock came back. What are they going to do? That's a good surprise. I got to tell you, this ain't a good surprise now. Because I don't think this ever goes anywhere good. Brock Lesnar is Mr. Money in the Bank. Now, my initial reaction is that he cashes it in in Saudi Arabia and that's their excuse for him fighting Seth Rollins in a rematch Seth wins I assume Seth wins though you never know and either way the money in the bank has been wasted in 2019 it's basically been used as just another way to give Brock Lesnar a universal championship match because Saudi Arabia needs Brock Lesnar there and the WWE needs their blood money so I don't think this is going anywhere cool. Instead of putting somebody over in a big way, that didn't happen because it's Brock Lesnar showing up for 12 seconds to climb up a ladder. I was hoping he fell. I mean, seriously, as he was climbing the ladder, I wish he, you know, maybe slipped, fell on his ass. And by the way, he's going up the ladder. His music goes off when Ali is about to win. I mean, you could have done better than that, you know. You could have had Drew McIntyre climbing the ladder as Brock appeared. Now, they gave you this hint all night because once Triple H walked in on Sami Zayn hanging upside down, which made me laugh, by the way, watching Sami Zayn hanging upside down was sort of comical. And they gave you the hint that it wasn't really Braun Strowman. Strowman made the comment and it wasn't me. And even though they were giving you the money in the bank match, with only seven guys, you, you, you had to figure somebody was showing up. And in my mind watching this match, here are the names that 
flew through my head. One was Brock Lesnar, and I don't think anybody's stunned by that. Number two was Dean Ambrose under his real name. What's his real name? John Moxley or Broxley? Like maybe there, maybe this whole thing has been CM Punk 2019, where I'm leaving, I'm leaving, I'm leaving. Oh wait, I'm back. So I thought about that for a second. Um, then I had the crazy thought about John Cena. That made no sense. That didn't go anywhere in my head. Now I was thinking about where else could they go? Is it somebody that lost the championship match from earlier in the night? Is it AJ Styles? Is it Kevin Owens? Is it somebody about to turn heel? But you had to figure they were going to use that eighth spot for somebody or else why are they running the gimmick? Now, the truth is, obviously, Brock Lesnar did that to Sami Zayn. But that's not going anywhere. This whole thing's not going anywhere. All it's going to is Brock Lesnar cashing in, probably in Saudi Arabia, and I would assume losing the match. I would assume he's not going to become universal champion again. And they made that clear, too, that he would be cashing in as for a universal title shot as opposed to a WWE title shot because they did mention for the universal championship that this is big news and Seth Rollins has to think about it. So they're not giving you any idea that maybe... He cashes in on the WWE title. As far as the Money in the Bank match is concerned, it was a good match. And I think that Money in the Bank and ladder matches in general are kind of like the slam dunk contest. And what I mean by that is we've almost seen everything. We've seen all the kind of dunks you can think of. So you put pressure on guys in the contest to come up with new things. And it's tough to do. And I think it's the same way in these ladder matches. You're asking these guys to come up with things we've never seen before. Meanwhile, the ladder match has been going on for so long, we've seen almost everything. With that said, they did a hell of a job. I thought you had some big spots that were different, that were entertaining. They set the ladder up as a bridge, which was kind of cool. Finn Balor took a couple of big bumps. So I thought the match in general was very well done. And it's funny because if you take a, a, a Money in the Bank match from today, and you compare it to its original Money in the Bank match, or maybe the first five or six, I I always think the newer matches will look better if you're combining them side by side, but that's because they have to continue to reinvent the wheel. They have to continue to do things we've never seen before. Now, I thought going in, the prediction I had made during the Money in the Bank retrospective podcast, because we did do some predictions at the end, is that it would either be Drew McIntyre or Sami Zayn made a little bit of sense. Now, the whole Sami Zayn thing, you know, He never was in the match. Braun Strowman was never in the match. McIntyre was. They continue to make him look strong. It just, it always feels like the money in the bank angle works best with a heel. Now, we've had, how many, 22, 23 money in the bank winners? And we'll get to the women coming up and how that got cashed in. But other than RVD announcing it at such a cool, different pay-per-view like the ECW one, you know, most of them really works when you get the chicken-ass heel. Now, I don't think Lesnar's going to do that, obviously. He's setting up a match. I'd be stunned if Lesnar isn't setting up that match in Saudi Arabia. So basically, this main event was a waste of time. And the other reason why I thought there would be a mystery guy is you had this match main eventing the show. And considering how good that Universal title match was, and it was just tremendous. What a fantastic match between AJ Styles and Seth Rollins, you had to give us a reason for this to be the main event. And there's a reason. The reason is we're stunned Brock Lesnar's here. 
Now, let me get to the rest of the card. First of all, I, I always tell you this. I don't watch these pre-shows. Four hours is enough time. How much more time am I really spending watching professional wrestling? But as I sat down, I checked my phone, and I saw that one of the matches on the pre-show, maybe the only match on the pre-show for all I know, was Daniel Bryan involved in a tag title match. And that depressed me. It depressed me that Daniel Bryan, who is defending the WWE Championship a month plus ago at WrestleMania, maybe the, the greatest reinvention we've seen. I know Chris Jericho fans would disagree. But the reinvention of Bryan from the yes-yes face to this eco-friendly heel, and now he's on the freaking pre-show? That's a shame. I don't even like him being in the tag division, let alone a tag match against the Usos on the pre-show. And look, if you look at this card, I agree, it should be on the pre-show. I guess what I'm saying is he's got to be better than that. Anyhow, the opening match for the real card was the women's Money in the Bank match. This is the third one they've done now, and I thought it was well done. I thought it was a pretty good match. I was nervous that they were actually going to give it to Mandy Rose as she's being carried up the ladder, and I thought that ending was just a really, it was a good ending because you had us think, or at least I thought for a second, that Mandy is going to be carried up this ladder. She's going to win. And then you've got Bailey all of a sudden showing up up there, giving her that quick stare, pushing them both down and grabbing the money in the bank. And that's big for Bailey because I'm not a big NXT guy. I've made that clear. But she came up from NXT with a lot of hype. She was over with the crowd. She's got her gimmick. She's a real face. I don't even know how they could make her a heel. They could try, but she is a face. She's still over with the crowd. And they've kind of done her wrong over the last couple of months. I know she was the women's tag team champion, but big freaking deal. So they put the briefcase on her. The one thing I hated is that when you win the money in the bank, now you've got to have some kind of nickname that involves in the bank. So if you're Braun Strowman, you're the monster in the bank. And with Bailey, you're Bailey in the bank. The good news is she isn't Bailey in the bank much longer because she cashed in. And let me get to that because if you heard... And I don't know how many podcasts ago this was, but I did a State of the WWE After WrestleMania podcast. I guess you could check the archives. I did it with Brian Monzo, who produces Mike's On. And the one thing I kept saying to him, and he had no problem with it, was what they actually did tonight, which is you got to have Becky Lynch defend both titles. Can't have her give up a title. You can't have her unify the title. She's got to defend both titles the way Seth Rollins defended both titles when he combined the U.S. title and the WWE title. And what ended up happening with that is Seth only went a month because it was unsustainable. Obviously, you're not going to have somebody hold on to these two titles, defend those two titles at every pay-per-view. So they did set up, and you figured she was going to lose one of them, but they did set up for Becky Lynch to have to deal with two feuds at the same time defending both titles. And I like that. I'm a big fan of that. And I get why they were going to take a title off of her. Now, did it need to be Charlotte Flair beating her? I get how they did it. They did it in the cheapest way possible. It was right after she beat Lacey Evans, which was a fairly good match. And Lacey Evans interfered. So you kept Becky strong, which I understand. I just didn't love the fact that Charlotte won the title. But what made it okay is that Bailey came out to cash in. 
And I thought for a second, tell me if you thought this, that when Bailey came out at first and it was to save Becky, right, because she's being double teamed. All right, calm down. She's being double teamed by Lacey Evans and Charlotte. Even though she came out for the save, I thought she was going to come out for the save and then cash in on the other title Becky held on to. That was what was going through my mind, and I thought that would have been kind of cool. Because I think the crowd would have given her a pop, but then been like, wait a second, you're cashing in now on Becky? So you could have, I know it's quick, but you could have taken both titles off of her in that way. And look, I mean, we know the way the script goes. We know the what really works in WWE, and that's you want the baby face chasing. You could have gotten her back to chasing. I guess the problem with that is who is she feuding with, right? If Bailey comes out to cash in, what about the feud with Lacey Evans? What about the feud now, the new feud with Bailey? What about Charlotte? So instead, they've had Bailey cash in on Charlotte. I have no problem with that. That eased my bother that Becky lost to Charlotte to begin with. I mean, I am still bothered a little bit because I thought it would have been kind of cool to put a belt on Lacey Evans right away, give her more credibility. I actually watched, and this relates, by the way, I watched Wrestling With Your Family. Is that what it's called? The Page movie? I call it the Page movie. The Page and Rock movie. My wife was really into watching it. And I watched it. And obviously, if you remember with Page, and I didn't know who she was the day after WrestleMania 30. Same thing with the whole NXT thing. Her first match was taking the belt off AJ Lee. And I mean, basically, Lacey, this is Lacey Evans' first match. I mean, she really even fought a real match in the WWE? Not really. So I would have put her over in a big way. By the way, can I just say this about Lacey Evans? It's not just about her. It's about everybody. Every freaking wrestler has to have a nickname. The Apex Predator. That sassy Southern bet. Everybody. How about she's just Lacey Evans? How about that? How about he's just Randy Orton? Everybody's got to have a nickname. Uh, let me get to the U.S. title match. I, I don't know what they're doing with this Ray Jr. Samoa Joe feud because every time they fight, there's a quick match. And this one was a stunner because Ray reversed a power bomb into a hurricanrana and got the quick victory, even though Joe's shoulders were clearly up. I don't know if they're running on a gimmick with that or if that was just a major F up. But this Dominic thing. Now, a couple of things about Dominic, Ray's son. Number one, let's start with, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> let me get that out. Let's start with the obvious, and that's who Dominic looks like. Dominic is a spitting image of Wilmer Flores. They look exactly the same. Same guy, same kid. That's number one. Let's get that out of the way. Dominic, Wilmer Flores look exactly the same. Number two, I can't get past the re- the Rey Mysterio-Eddie Guerrero feud from 14 years ago that involved nine-year-old Dominic. Now I got to take him serious as an adult? And so I guess he's going to wrestle, right? I mean, he's learned how to wrestle. Why else is he always there? And, and Dominic, if you really love your father, when Samoa Joe's beating the crap out of him, how about you get in the ring and try to do something about it? And this was one of a few times we saw some color tonight, some blood. I feel like a wrestler. I get to use their lingo. We saw some color tonight. Um, Because he got bloodied up, Samoa Joe, very quickly. We saw it later with Lars Sullivan, too, when he beat up the Lucha House Party. 
But what are they doing with Dominic? Dominic's going to wrestle? And if he does, do we care? And if he does, does he need a better gimmick than Dominic? I hated taking the belt off Joe. I really did. I said this a while ago. You give Joe the U.S. title. You let him run with it for a very long time. I didn't even mind the fact that he squashed Ray Jr. at WrestleMania. You wanted to give us a rematch here at Money in the Bank? Fine. Give us a 20-minute Matt Classic with Joe beating him. To give us another two-minute or sub-two-minute quick match, where are we going with this? I just didn't like taking the belt off Joe. And I don't really like what whatever they're doing with Dominic. Speaking of things I don't like, Shane McMahon. Why? Oh, that was the other thing. I thought Shane McMahon, since he goes over the Miz all the time and he's the best in the world, I thought, hey, why not? Let him be the mystery guy in the Money in the Bank match. Why not give him the freaking Money in the Bank? Let him cash in and become champion. I am so sick of it. And they put these two bastards in a steel cage match. I hate this steel cage. I think we all agree on that. We prefer the old school blue one, the bar one, as opposed to the gate. And we got to have Shane go over the Miz again. I don't care how cheap it is. Oh, Miz was grabbing his shirt and Shane fell out, just like their crazy match at Mania. We continue to put Shane over. Why? He's not a wrestler. I don't even like him as a heel. You know what he is? He's X-Pac heat. That's what he's getting from me. Because he does that stupid conductor's bit where he wants to be announced in a certain way. Come on. He's a waste of time. Nobody likes this. Nobody needs to see Shane McMahon as a wrestler. And every time he does the best in the world thing, there's a bunch of poor suckers out there that think it actually means CM Punk is coming back. Let me tell you something. If CM Punk is coming back, they're going to waste his time. They're going to insult his intelligence by saying, you know what you're going to come back for, Punk? You've been gone for years now. You walked out. Everybody's been chanting your name for years. You'll probably get one of the biggest pops ever the moment you walk back. You know what we're saving you for? Shane McMahon. That's a reason why he would never come back. He's not going to come back for that. He's going to come back for something cool. Not Shane McMahon. And the other negative with him winning is it's just going to continue this. We're going to get more Shane McMahon Miz, more Shane McMahon wrestling. Shane McMahon is like a full-time wrestler now. And it sucks. It sucks. Uh, I'll get to Mick Foley announcing a new title in a second because I'm going to jump, lump that in with my thoughts on Raw and the Saudi Arabia pay-per-view. But let me get to the two championship matchups. First of all, Seth Rollins, AJ style. I mean, it was it was just great. The the thing that I don't love, and this is nitpicking, is the fact that we got this match to begin with. That this is such a, a great wrestling match and could be such a great feud, and they're both faces that A, I would want it main eventing a pay-per-view as opposed to being the third or fourth to last thing on a pay-per-view. And number two, to get it so soon after WrestleMania and so early in Seth's title run. And the reason I say that is the predictability factor. Though we got so many close calls, we all knew they were not taking the belt off Seth Rollins this quickly. And that's a problem. If you give us this match at SummerSlam, so Seth has now had a four-month title run, don't you think we all kind of feel, hey, you never know, AJ could win. Hey, you never know, maybe Seth will retain. I think you took out the unpredictability from it 
because we all figured you're not taking the belt off Seth so soon after WrestleMania. With that said, this was a match of the year candidate. I know that's a cliche, but it really was. And I thought that spot where AJ turned a potential curb stomp into the Styles Clash, I mean, it just doesn't get it doesn't get much better than that. It was world class. It was a world class match. I don't think anybody should be surprised by that. AJ and Seth both know what they're doing. They did their handshake at the end, which leads me to think, okay, we're done. They gave us this match classic. It was a Seth clean victory. We're done. And maybe down the road, maybe it's a WrestleMania match. Maybe it's sooner than that. But maybe we get something else from this down the road. But this is it. And I hope it is it because they can't fight again because Seth's going to win. And I like Seth. I think he should get a good run as champion. But AJ's one of the best in the business. So the only negative I have is the negative I had coming into this, which is why are we getting this so soon? This is a WrestleMania-esque match, and we're getting it one month after WrestleMania. The WWE title match I could barely watch. Now, for those of you that care about the NBA, and I'm not mentioning the TV show that was on tonight, because the truth is, if you're a fan of that, if you were glued to that tonight, you're probably either not listening to this or you're listening to this days later because you were watching the Throne show. Uh, I don't care about it. I don't mean any disrespect towards that. I'm just not into it. I know a lot of people are. That's fine. It's like wrestling. It's a niche thing. I'm not into it. But I was into the NBA, and the height of the overtime was during this WWE title match. The height of, you know, Giannis taking a charge, but oh no, it's a blocking foul. The height of Brooke Lopez going for a Marcus all pump fake on the perimeter. Kawhi Leonard's dunk, even though it was a double dribble. The height of that was during this WWE title match. So I admit I was very distracted. But even without being distracted, I didn't care much about it. The gimmick was sort of predictable. Kevin Owens is joining the New Day. Oh, wait, no, I'm not. I'm turning heel. And again, much like Seth, and there's nothing you could do about this, I, they're not taking the belt off Kofi. That, that's the one issue right on the heels of WrestleMania, that those new champions, those guys that climb the mountain, they're not giving up the title right away, especially in this era. We do live in an era where it's not like the Attitude Era, good and bad. The good is... We're not just seeing titles be dropped immediately, especially world championships. So you know Kofi's holding it for a little bit. You know Seth is holding it for a little bit. I don't know how long. I'm not sure it's going to be AJ Styles' length, but you also knew they weren't giving the belt away. Um, Was Lucha House Party really going to have a six-man match? Did they even have opponents before Lars Sullivan came out and got bloodied up? I was just curious about that because it would have ticked me off if they actually were going to have some kind of match Meanwhile, Daniel Bryan's on the pre-show. Let me get to Raw. The wild card rule sucks, and I think what it shows you is that they should end the brand extension. When they brought out Raw Super Show, remember Raw Super Show? It was probably right around the summer of Punk, 2011. You know, Raw and SmackDown have been separated for nine years now. We've got our two champions, our two shows, everything separate. And you could start to feel the cracks in the brand extension. After a long run, I mean, eight, nine years, a long time. And the crack to me in the moment that said, okay, this should end, was when they started announcing, it was Triple H who announced, we're going to have a Raw super show. And what that meant is that SmackDown guys are going to appear on Raw. Well, if that's the case, they're not SmackDown guys. 
they're they're just wrestlers in the WWE. And believe it or not, they kept the two titles separate for two more years, which is just remarkable. So it's not as if that moment of combining Raw and SmackDown meant the imminent demise of the brand extension, but it did lead to the demise of the brand extension. If you're going to shade the rules, if you're going to cloud the rules, if you're not going to have the brand separate, then there really isn't a brand extension, so just end it. And so what I would say about ending it is we have too many titles. We should start to cut down on the titles that we have. We have two tag champs. Now we've got two women's champs. We've got two main champs. We've got two mid-card title champs. We have too many belts. So why not, as I'm thinking that, because of this wild card rule they created, they start teasing on the pay-per-view that Mick Foley is going to announce a new title. What? Because that's what we need? Because it's Mick, I wonder, are they bringing back the hardcore title? Which, I got to tell you, believe it or not, I thought the hardcore title was very cool. I thought it was cool because it was different, and I thought what was different about it was the 24-7 rule. How guys would just lose titles and then win it 10 seconds later. It wasn't a real title, so it was kind of a... I wouldn't even say it was a mid-card title. I would say it was lower than that, even though some main event guys held it at one point. I thought it was hokey, and it was fun. I thought it was fun. That's the word I'm looking for. It was fun. You don't take it too seriously. They're going to bring in another title? What title are they bringing in, and do we need another title? We've got multiple. we got too many titles as it is. So seeing that ad numerous times sort of made me laugh. And the Saudi Arabia thing, I mean, I've already made clear that we shouldn't be doing business there. They should also not be our allies. That's another story. That's for our government to, to kind of answer. And it's not just this administration. It's basically every administration thinks it's wise to just make out and be in love with Saudi Arabia. But I digress. The WWE wants to do business there. Okay, they want to take their blood money. They want to have two pay-per-views there a year. And if that's what they want to do, I guess we're living with it. I guess we'll accept it. But you're going to run an ad that's going to say as big, if not bigger, than WrestleMania? That's how you're going to promote the Super Showdown? Cut the crap. Cut the crap. You're insulting all of us when you start to imply something like that. Really? You think the Super Showdown is bigger than WrestleMania because you're taking Bill Goldberg and The Undertaker and you're saying, give us five minutes? That doesn't make it bigger. WrestleMania makes things bigger. It doesn't even matter what's on the card. It's WrestleMania. We remember it. There have been pay-per-views not named WrestleMania, better than WrestleMania, but it's WrestleMania. So they start that gimmick. Triple H, Randy Orton's a bore fest, but this Undertaker-Goldberg thing is fascinating. I admit And maybe I'm a hypocrite for saying this, but I mean, I'm going to watch the show. I may not watch it live at two o'clock on a Friday, but I will watch the show. And I am very, very intrigued to see how they handle and how it goes in Undertaker-Goldberg match. But don't start promos that say bigger, as big, if not bigger than WrestleMania. Stop it. Overall, this show tonight was not half bad. Like I always say, the ending sometimes defines how you feel about it, and that part was underwhelming. We do not need any more Brock Lesnar. Anyhow, this has been an instant reaction to WWE Money in the Bank. Coming up, 
on, I guess the official date is Wednesday, May 22nd. Yeah, that's the date. We'll be releasing uh, a weekly scheduled Evan Roberts podcast. It will be the father podcast. The first one, me and two other fathers will discuss fatherhood and we'll specifically focus on traveling with your kid. The following week, we'll have an NBA Finals preview. And coming up, John Minko, the interview. That's happening in the month of June. And my wife and I love the show You. I briefly talked about that on the air. It was an old Lifetime show that got moved over to Netflix. When my wife and I finish the entire first season of You, we will have a special podcast where we discuss our thoughts on the show. That's all to look forward to throughout the months of June and July. But thank you for listening to this instant reaction edition of the WWE Money in the Bank pay-per-view. Make sure you listen to Joe and I Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Goodbye.